You are listening to Let Me Overthink About It, where I dive into a series of topics that occupy my anxious mind. I'm Sam Mador, overthinker extraordinaire. This week after a month off, I'm overthinking about the healing power of yoga. I am here with my pal, Mike Edmund. Hey, Mike. Hi. How's How it going? You? Good. How are you? I feel like we, okay, this is what I love about podcasting in 2021. <laughs> I was like, Mike, I'm just going to meet you. We're, we'll record this in my car. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Fantastic. Sounds wonderful. Let's do it right away. <laughs> I love it. We're actually not in my car, but it could have happened. <laughs> it could have. Uh, so thank you so much for this. I'm excited to chat with you. And you're so welcome. It's a pleasure. See you. Yeah. And talk to you. So and look you in the eyes. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Been, in 2021, that is a very exciting thing. It's a thing. It's yeah. Good. So I tell everybody this: we're going to start with one topic. It's going to veer off. Mm-hmm. We're overthinking about yoga today, and mm-hmm. sort of, I want to chat with you about your journey to yoga. Sure. But it's going to go in all kinds of different directions. I can tell because we haven't talked to each other in a really <laughs> long time. So who knows? It might meander. It might meander a little bit. <laughs> That's okay. Meander. That's okay. So, but let's start with that yeah. and see what happens. So, okay. because just for a bit of background for anyone listening, we went to university together. Mm-hmm. It's been like 20 years since we saw each other. Yeah. Plus? 20 yeah. plus? 20. No. We graduated in 2003. So. Yeah. And then we had coffee once. Since then, right? <laughs> since then. I know. It's really bad. I'm terrible. I'm, yeah, I'm the worst. So don't. It's and I'm already getting totally off topic, fine. actually, because I want to say this. I kind of want to curse social media a little bit because mm-hmm. as much as I love it for being able to find people and connect with people that you haven't chatted with or connected with in a while, mm-hmm. I also hate it because it gives you a false sense of knowing what someone's up to. Absolutely. And kind of makes you feel connected to them when you are are not. You really. are not. Like if somebody yeah. asked me, how's Mike Enman doing? I'd be like, oh, he's good. He's living yeah. in Calgary. Yeah. He's teaching. He does. He's teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's still with Colleen. This is all great things. But yeah. I don't actually know that from your mouth. I know that from like stalking you on Well, and who Instagram. posts, who, who posts real things on social media? Right. Like who posts, I'm having a crap day. Well, I do. <laughs> yeah, you that's do. That's another Good story. job. And that's, and that's fantastic because that's one of the ways we connected because you posted yes. that. And I said, hey. Thank you for sharing. Let's connect. Let's connect. And here we are. And here we are. So, I love it. So that that's a thing too. I love it. It took getting you home first. Yeah, that's yeah. one step. <laughs> um, so, okay, going back to it. Because mm-hmm. when we were in university, yoga wasn't your thing, I don't believe. Like, no. I don't think you I, practiced it. I didn't even really know anything about yoga until 2018. And okay. then it was Colleen, my partner had practiced a little bit and obviously saw the funk that I was in and recommended it as a potential bomb for what was ailing me at the time. So I tried it and it stuck and it has been a huge tool in my kit to battle depression and anxiety ever since. Wow. So... So did you have anxiety and depression diagnosed (laughs) to you? Like, did you, was it like, okay, I am depressed, therefore I'm going to, yeah. I I mean, since I was 15, I mean, um, to be real, I wrote uh, a suicide note when I was... Oh, Mike, I didn't know this. uh, This was in high school. This was like when I was 17, 18 years old. 
And it wasn't really, it wasn't, uh, I'm going to do this. It was just me processing intense emotions at the time. Yeah. And, you know, nothing became of that. I never wrote another one, but I dealt with those feelings for the next 10, 15 years of my life. Feelings of depression. And um, I've always been a bit of a drinker, as you know. And that definitely okay. doesn't help well, someone. Well, we were in university. Yeah. That's a different yeah. story, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, for the, I would say for 15 years, I, I dealt with undiagnosed depression. And then I went through this change that involved a change of career, that involved discovering yoga, that involved uh, a brief stint on prescription drugs. Yeah. And um, CBD oil helped me through that. So there were a bunch of things that happened at the time. And then my, then it kind of switched. I was like, okay, I dealt with the depression. I don't really deal with that so much anymore. Um, now it's anxiety. Right. right. It did. It, oh, did, it's a it did a switch. Balance, isn't did it? a switch. Yeah. yeah. So I figure if if it took me 15 years to kind of overcome the majority of my depression, I'm okay with taking another 15 years to overcome anxiety. But it, it's it was really interesting how that switched. Yeah. Yeah. So. And when they're working against each other, it's like mm-hmm. just absolutely the worst. Yes. Because then you're worried about the past and the future at the same time, and it just rains turmoil on your on your present 100 yeah. percent uh, and when we knew each other because i also as a as a teenager did not know that i was depressed mm-hmm. or anxious and so in university like i feel like that was a time for me where i was like like calm mm-hmm. like it's the only time yeah, that yeah. i felt like i had falsely of course yeah, yeah, <laughs> i felt like yeah. i had my shit together you absolutely. know what i mean absolutely where it was like i have i'm on a path yeah. that yeah. i've chosen yeah. myself uh-huh uh-huh. This is I'm independent. This yeah. is great. Yeah. And so we didn't talk about stuff like this. That's no, for sure. Absolutely not. Well, and I think it, it, in university, when you're doing an undergrad degree, I think it helps that it's a four-year degree yes. for the most part. Yeah. So you know at the beginning, whatever you do, it's going to take four years. So you yeah. have the next four years planned. And I don't know about you, but I'm not really too hot with five-year plans. Oh, and when so that comes have, up like in a job interview yeah. where like, where do you see yourself in five years? I'm like, like I, I don't fucking don't know. know. <laughs> so to have a four-year plan in your early 20s is... Feels re- good. Feels good, right? It's remarkable. Yeah. You know what's up for yes. the next two, three, recently, four years. Sorry to cut you off. No, I recently went back to St. Mary's. And I shouldn't even mm. say recently. This was actually quite a few years ago now. <laughs> but I did a, an HR diploma um, cool. program, uh, afterward. And I mm-hmm. walked in and I walked to all the familiar places and mm-hmm. I was like, had already, had, had realized at this point that I had suffered from depression and that right. I had a mental illness. And when I was sitting, I purposely sat down in a spot, you know, where the Tim Hortons was down on the main drive yes. when you walked yes, into Loyola. And I sat in that area and I was like, this is the last time that I felt like I knew what I was doing. Wow, that's, that's, it was a big moment. And then I was like, how sad is that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cause I was like, it was, you know, 10 years later or whatever it was. And I was like, man, this is kind of, this is hard for me to swallow right now, but also what, where did I go wrong? And I think that's where like depression for me, and maybe Mm -hmm. you're the same because you found yoga after university Mm -hmm. is it was like, I had a path, 
I knew what I was doing, but then I didn't do anything of what I said I was going to do. Right. Like, I'm not a psychologist. Right. I'd have a psychology degree. Yeah. I never went on to do, get my master's or my PhD. Uh-huh. Like, uh-huh. So it was kind of like uh, yeah. that false sense of security kind of slipped out from under us. And Absolutely. we're just like, what now? Well, 100%. And I mean, my plan coming out of undergrad was to do something in business that involved travel. Mm-hmm. So I majored in global business management, and that was my thing. The only thing that I could find right away, I did an internship, but then I came home, and the only thing I could really find that satisfied both of those right away was teaching English in Korea. So I did right. that for a couple of years, yes. and that was great. But then when I came back, if you, if anyone who out there who's taught English in any foreign country and come back and tried to translate that into work in Canada, yep. it's very challenging, especially in a smaller job market like Halifax. And so that that just tore me up and threw me on in all kinds of directions. So yeah. I ended up going back to St. Mary's oh, to do my MBA. I didn't know this. Uh, in 20, or I in 2011. It. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I graduated from that in 2014, so almost so 11 years after grad doing my undergrad. Yes. And felt that I was still kind of in the same place, which took me out west, which threw me through another cycle of things which eventually uh, put me in front of yoga and yeah. things are better, but that stretch of time between 03 when we graduated and 2011 or 2014. 2018, I would okay. say 20, 2020, we'll call it 2020 because it was a great year for me personally. Um, so that 17 years was uh, a grueling struggle wow. <laughs> to so- get here. Right. Yeah. So Colleen introduced you to yoga. Mm-hmm. How did you, if you're in it, yeah. how did you get to, like, how did you show up for yoga if you're in depressed, like in it? Well, I had, I had reached a point where again, I started having suicidal thoughts on a daily basis, regardless of how good my day would start. I, I could start off the day feeling great physically, emotionally, mentally, start working as framing houses at the time and then this downward spiral mm. of thought would just take me the afternoons are hard Oof, brutal yeah. even the even the mornings if one little thing would go wrong yeah it would trigger a cascade of dominoes that would just go down and down and spiraling down um so i went to my doctor and told him about this he immediately prescribed me uh escitalopram which is an anti-anxiety depression drug mm-hmm. um and that so that was kind of step one step Two was, um, he didn't recommend yoga, but Colleen recommended it at the time. So I had a friend who owns a yoga studio in Calgary. Nice. And so I reached out to her and she said, yep, yeah, come on in, uh, take one of my classes cause she teaches there. And so I did. And it was, it was immediate. It was, it was awesome. immediate that I felt relief from everything. And I mean, part of probably the most cathartic thing that somebody has told me about yoga was one of my teachers and he said as long as you can breathe you can practice yoga because at its core it is breathing breathing it's a breathing exercise it's controlling your breath to support other things those usually being physical poses and so for for someone who had never controlled their breathing it was immediate and so it wasn't because i saw results right away it was easy to get me back into the studio right because it was so immediate and it was and it was so 
it was overwhelming at the time because I'd never encountered anything that had such a positive impact on all the emotions that I had that I battled daily yeah and so that was it was huge and did that carry on afterward like you're in yoga and you feel mm-hmm. it you're like okay this is working and yeah. then how long or did it carry mm-hmm. on past that where you were like you could go back to that moment where you were focusing on your breath and it after a, after a little while it became permanent almost where right. if I'm in the middle of a day having a rough time I can breathe through it yeah. Right. It's like if you're in a pose that feels terrible and your body is kind of screaming at you a little bit, not, yes, in, not in pain, there. you never want to be in no, pain, no, but, I've been but there. kind of supreme discomfort. Yeah. Uh, you have no choice but to get out of it or to breathe through it. And that's, I mean, that's yoga teaches you to put yourself in um, comfortably uncomfortable situations. Right. Or slightly uncomfortable and, and breathe through it. And that's, it just cascades into real life it totally does and i can remember i uh because as you know my mom passed away just, mm-hmm. uh, in march of 2020 mm-hmm. and i can remember sitting at the hospital when you know we knew it was coming and, right. and it was just awful and i can actually remember taking the time to focus on my breath mm-hmm. and just kind of helping me through those moments. So even though, and I'm not a yogi, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. practice yoga when I, yeah. when I kind of desperately need it, I'm more mm-hmm. like a, like desperation end of the line kind of yoga person, but <laughs> like, but I pull on, I, I pull from the breathing part of it more Absolutely. than I do anything else. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and for me, that's, that's been the most important thing. I mean, it's, this is week three of my four week stint home and I've practiced yoga twice me twice in a, in a class setting yeah. via online with my studio at home once on my own by the pool. And that's okay because I've, I still have the breathing yeah. and I still wake up every morning and, and do a little breathing technique with some positive thoughts before starting my day. So good. And it's, it's really helped. I mean, the next level was, so when I started yoga, I was still framing houses, which it took me a while to figure out that that wasn't a viable career option for me sure. physically, financially, mentally. Um, so the breathing that I found in yoga initi- and, and the, the physicality of it helped me be a better framer for a short period of time. But then the next level was it, it helped me be more insightful with myself and realize that, hey, this isn't a good career choice for you right and it's time to make a decision as to what you want to do as a profession for the rest of your days and why you want to choose that so that's right yoga helped that next level too and kind of figuring out the rubik's cube that is your life and kind of coming to terms with certain things and yeah, because you're sitting with that too. As absolutely. much like you sit in the breath, absolutely. and then you also sit in those thoughts. Yeah, yeah. And you have no choice. Right. And you just so you kind of marinate in your own being. Yeah. And through that, uh, it turned me back to teaching. Awesome. Um, and you teach yoga too. I did. I don't oh, right don't now. Okay. Uh, the pandemic. <laughs> I know this from Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> <so. laughs> the pandemic kind of put a stop to that. Oh, I, I yeah. was, so I did my yoga teacher training in July of 2018. Yeah. And for the next year, I 
volunteered my services and I taught at youth centers and at different events. Yeah. Uh, just karma classes is what they call it. Yeah. To, to gain some experience because having come into yoga at such a late age compared to many of my peers, I needed to get some experience before I was confident or capable of teaching other people. Right. So, yes. Uh, so in doing, did all that and then got a job at uh, a club, a fitness boutique fitness club in Calgary all the rage now they all want they all want to offer some some version of yoga so I, I connected with one of those and taught for seven eight months before pandemic shut everything down oh yeah right and then you know every club had to cut people and in that process um shortly thereafter I started teaching uh, junior high yes which anyone who's a teacher knows is oh God. extraordinarily demanding, let alone when you're I starting a new career at, at 40 yeah, right. <laughs> or 39 at the time. So that it, it, I haven't taught yoga since then really. So for about a year, just because teaching children has been so. Demanding. Oh my God. Right? When you said junior high, my hands just got clammy. <laughs> like the thought of teaching junior that's high. Actually, oh. That's my, that's, I figured out very quickly. That's my jam. Grade seven is, is kind of my, my okay. wheelhouse. Good. Grades, but next year I'm teaching high school, and that's going to be a high school kids just think they know everything, okay. as I did, as right? I did, yeah. right? You know that because I know you, that you lived yeah, it. Yeah, I, I get it, but it, it's <laughs> it's not very conducive to teaching and learning. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Oh my god, but. that's really awesome. And I'm just going back to it because when you talked about having had suicidal thoughts in the past, mm-hmm. um, and also having depression and mm-hmm. turning to yoga. These are like things that men don't often talk about or mm. do like yoga is getting more popular for men. Absolutely. And it's still not as popular as it should be. And one of my, one of my long-term goals now is to make yoga is becoming more and more acceptable mm-hmm. as a, as a thing, but still in my school, for example, it's, I haven't taught a yoga class there yet because it needs to be done in a very delicate way to not upset conservative people. Oh, wow. Whether they're yeah. staff or parents or what have you. Yeah. Um, but in, yeah, in terms of the male thing, I mean, that's part of the reason that I dealt with all this for 15 years without addressing it because I didn't yeah. talk about it at all yeah. with anyone ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. And in the end, it, it, it got to the point where <clears throat> I was basically back to having suicidal thoughts and and to be clear it was never okay i'm having these suicidal thoughts so how can i act you know how can i create a plan and act upon them because a long a long time ago um i thought about if i went through with suicide what would the follow-up be yeah and i have a little brother who's well little (laughs) he's now 34 but um, he's still your little brother. He's still my little brother, and always will be. I, yeah. I have him in my phone as baby bro. Yeah. And he was the he, he was the person that stuck in my head. Like if if I were to to go through with that, yeah, he would be left without his only brother. Yeah. And that was just unacceptable to me. So it was it, it never, it's never been a, a true option for me. It, but it, that anyone who's had suicidal thoughts knows that knowing you're not going to do it does not prevent the thoughts from happening. So yes. having all those thoughts and going through it, it was, yeah, it had to stop. 
Well, and I have had suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. in the last, you know, um, 10 years. And as you're saying that, my mom was always the reason not to for me. Mm. Um, because that would absolutely devastate Crush. her. Yeah. And when she left, mm-hmm. when she died. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, yeah, that's, that's tough. And there's a pandemic and there's a, you know what I mean? And so I have to sh- and I yeah. have other things, don't get me wrong. And mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. in that place, you don't necessarily see them or see their value, but yeah. obviously I'm married. I have mm-hmm. fa- other family, my sisters, my dad, like all of those things. But it, I had to shift my thinking because yeah. it was like, absolutely. Well, she's not here anymore. She's yeah. not that anchor yeah. for me. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. And, and it's huge that you, that you've been able to make that switch because I can only imagine that being extraordinarily oh, difficult. Yeah. Right. So that if really? the time ever comes where my brother passes, yeah, I will, and I'm still around. I will have that's to. Be, I'll be forced to make that that shift. Right. That's right. Yeah, that's wild. This is getting pretty deep, but I feel yeah. like we have to talk about um, if you're okay with it. Talk mm-hmm. about our mutual friend Mike. Yep. Other absolutely. Mike. Mm-hmm. Um. We, we just saw each other for the first time in almost over 20 years, we're thinking, yeah. uh, because we were at a celebration of life for our pal, Mike, yeah. who did complete suicide. Mm-hmm. And it just, I don't even know where I want to go with that. I just want to talk about it because I think for, I'm guessing it's the same for you, because when mm-hmm. it happened in April, it just made me sit back and just be like, whoa, how how many of us mm-hmm. are here or have been here yeah. or, you know, and sitting there with all the, uh, with you guys who I haven't seen in so long and catching up and feeling like we just saw each other last week and just yeah. sort of catching up a little bit and thinking he would have benefited so much from this experience. So like much. how twisted is that? Yeah. That us being at his celebration of life mm-hmm. is, am I making sense? Yeah. Life, life is, is, funny and strange and it's yeah. I mean it when you can look at it a lot of ways but one of the facts is that we would not be sitting here were it not for him yeah following through with right with, with, with suicide which is mind-bending um and I, I was telling Colleen the other day <clears throat> when we after his celebration life we went to the Oxford Tap Room uh on Quimpool which is uh a block or two away from where Mike introduced Colleen and I at a house party in 2006 or something. I remember that house, but I did not know that Mike was the one that introduced you guys. Yeah. And, and I didn't know Mike as well as yourself or many other, many of our friends who were there. I, I, we kind of knew each other through association and I, I don't even know. I don't think we ever did anything. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. It was always with other people. Yeah. Um, the house party that Colleen and I attended was one of these situations where, you know, we were both there, a bunch of other people that were mutual friends. And yeah, that's when, that's when he introduced us. I think it was 2006, maybe. Yes. Something like, something like that. Wow. So man, we're old. That's yeah, a long time ago. That's crazy. So without, without him, my life would, I mean, despite the fact that we never hung out one-on-one, he's had a huge oh my impact on my life because yes. Colleen and I have been together on and off ever since. And without that moment, without him feeling like he needed to introduce us, yeah. my life is the trajectory totally is different. totally different. Yeah. yeah. 
I know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And even though, I mean, saying you haven't done stuff one-on-one, like mm-hmm. the, that group environment when you're in university or just after mm-hmm. university or whatever is just yeah. so, like, you, you can go back and just feel those, the energy in the room. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. It's massive. That being said, we're talking about not sharing anything in terms of feelings about depression or what have you in that group environment without having one-on-ones with people. I think those things just will never get talked about, right? I just, and I guess you're right, in those group environments, because as somebody who struggles, Mm -hmm. uh, it's like I stop myself from going Mm -hmm. to things because it's like, I'm going to bring down the room. Like if right, somebody asks me how right. I am. You're going to tell them. And I tell them. <laughs> well, I'm actually I, terrible. Thank you for asking. Would you like to know why? These are the reasons why. <laughs> uh, no. Or, it's, yes, it's that. Or it's I pretend that I'm okay yeah. and then I'm exhausted afterward. Yeah. Those are kind of the options. When you're in right. I mean, I'm not saying that's every day for me, luckily. Yeah. yeah. But it's like when you're in the thick of it. Yeah, I mean, I, have a, I struggle with that too because as a, as a new teacher this year at school, my colleagues would ask me a lot, how, how are you doing? How are you? Yeah. And with, with some of them who I was confident in, I would tell them the truth, yeah. good or bad. Others, I would have to, you know, tell them what they needed to hear and yes. go that route. So it, it's, yeah, for me, it, it kind of depends upon the person. And if you have to tell someone that you're okay when you're not, yeah. It can be extraordinarily exhausting. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's so funny because I said this to one of my friends the other day. She came over to my house, which is like just starting to be a thing again. Yeah, where crazy. it's like, oh, people, I, kind people of, I have to like clean my bathroom. <laughs> and I said to her, I was like, I feel like the level of friendship you have with somebody is how much you clean before they come to your mm, house. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. I did when she came was like wipe off my coffee table because it looked low. <laughs> and I was just like, sorry, dude. Like a, my bathroom's dirty. Yeah. My kitchen, yeah. like I don't have, I didn't wash my dishes. But yeah. it's like that shows that I'm close to you. Like yeah. that's like Absolutely. my twisted It's, it's showing the real version, not a, <laughs> not a whitewashed version. It's, it's, it's like showing someone your actual pictures versus the ones you post on Instagram. The filtered. Right? The filtered. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, the filtered right? photos. Yeah. Yes. No, I know. It's so funny. So I'm a quotaholic. I don't know if you are or not, but I want to test you out. Like, is there quotes that you go Oof. to? Oof. Like yoga or otherwise? Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. The, I mean, the, the quote that I shared earlier where, you know, as long as you... Oh, yes. You said that uh, already. As long as you can breathe, you can practice yoga. I'm not really a quote person. That's, okay. Yeah. I mean, I've got... That is a good one, though. It, it is a good one. I, I have things that... There's a there's a um, Hawaiian thing called Ho'oponono. I don't know if you've ever heard of nope. that. Long story short, um, when you if if you apparently if you want to have a positive impact on someone, uh, even if you're a world away, you can say in no particular order, um, "Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you." The 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 um, order that I usually go through is, "I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you." Um, and so if you have someone in mind who you think is struggling or needs a little bit of boost, yep. you envision them, think about them and say these things over. So you don't over. necessarily say it directly to the person. Right. You say it right. to them in right. your, in your mind. Yeah, exactly. And that's, if you, I like that. yeah, if you look it up, hope and no, no, there's a, there's a thing on it from Hawaii. I don't know how true it is, but it's, it's kind of like prayer, I guess. Yeah. 
right? Praying for someone using those terms. I oh, know, I believe really in all that quote, stuff. But yeah, so mine that ha- that's something I learned through my teacher training. One of the teachers brought it up, and in my own life, I've kind of developed my a similar set of four things. So it's okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. And those are things that I say to myself every day. Mm-hmm. Um, this morning I woke up and was feeling a bit anxious for whatever reason. Yep. And so it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And like one hand on heart, one on belly, and just saying that to myself until it sinks in. Because I don't know about you, but during those 15 years between high school and now, um, I realized along the way that I'd been speaking to myself negatively. <laughs> no, I never do that. <laughs> for, for, for all that time. Right. And, I, and I didn't even know it no. until I did. And it's hard to retrain your brain. Oh, it's so hard. And so yeah. that's why I'm saying it took me 15 years to get to the point where I feel like I've got a handle on depression. I'm okay with spending another 15 years feeling like I have a handle on anxiety because I feel like it's going to take at least that long to retrain my brain to replace all those negative thoughts with positive ones. And part of that is it's okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. So if I, if I do anything that I'm particularly proud of, I'll thank myself for it. If I do something that's stupid and that makes me feel or someone else feel terrible, I'll say I'm sorry. Yeah. And um, I love you is one of those things that I didn't, like, I'll, I say I love you to my mom every time I see her. Mm-hmm. But how often in my life have I said that to myself? Like, barely at all. Never. Right? Like, literally never. Right. That's... Right. Because in your mind, it's like, well, that's cheesy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. why is that cheesy? It's not cheesy. <laughs> if it's cheesy saying it to someone else, why is it cheesy saying, right? saying it to yourself? And yeah. so that's, that's, those things have really helped the last little bit. So what, even when I'm not able to physically practice yoga, mm-hmm. um, which by the way, you always are, it's just a matter of, to, <laughs> I feel like so, you said that directly <laughs> to me, like yeah. lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> uh, so in, in the event that for whatever reason, I'm not physically practicing, those are kind of my, my mantras that I go back to. So I know it's not quotes per se, no, I like but it the, they're words that I that I go to and that have a a huge impact. And I I've shared those with my great, I shared those with my grade seven homeroom class this past year because part of what sent me back to teaching or pulled me back to teaching was that I want to help provide kids tools that they can use, uh, that I've discovered at a late age. Perhaps I can introduce them to them at a younger age so they don't have to go through 15 years of, of strife. Right. Right. Um, so <laughs> it's fun. And they're so, easy, though. That's yeah. the thing I like about yeah. them. Yeah. Oh, it so doesn't easy. take you to like, oh, how, yeah. where, what's that list or what words do I need to find? You can just easily recall them. Hundred percent. And it's and the way I framed it to, to the to the kids was, um, when's the I asked them as a group, when's the last time you told someone you had a friend that was upset or a family member that was upset and you told them it's going to be okay? And everybody puts up their hand. I'm like, okay, how many people have said that to themselves in the last? year ever yeah and no hands no hands right same thing with with uh, i'm sorry thank you and i love you and the i love you one was was tough because that's a weird one right as a teacher talking to a room full of um 13 year olds that's awkward 
right? Right. And so I waited. I, I introduced them to some breathing techniques and the idea of positive self-talk and some other things like that at the beginning of the school year, just kind of generic things. And then it was at the end, once I had spent the year building up rapport with this with these students, that I brought in the, the, the four things. And I, I kind of put myself out on a limb because it's a very conservative school. And if one of the leaders or teachers or uh, someone who didn't agree with what I'm saying kind of caught wind of that, it might have been a thing. Maybe they did, I don't know. Right. But... I think it's that's it's important. It's so important. We needed that. Right. And I actually just listened to a podcast where you know who I mean by Abby Wambach? No. The, she's a an Olympic an Oh American, yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. She was just talking on a, a podcast about emotional intelligence right. and how important it would have been oh. or is, but yeah. also would have been in our lives yeah. to have emotion to learn emotional intelligence. Yeah. Well, and I think now given that we're in this, the era of social media, it's it's become so much more important that mm-hmm. that young people have tools at their disposal because they're going to have to deal with Instagram and Facebook and oh. Snapchat and if TikTok. If I had and, social media when I was in high school, forget it. Like I just and we talked to Jeff oh. a little bit about this at my yeah, celebration of life where he has a daughter. Yeah, and he's like petrified because it's like yeah. Growing Absolutely. up in that type of environment, and hopefully by the time she is yeah. in school and, and dealing with that, it's not a thing anymore. But my God, the bullying that has cyberbullying and yeah. all of that. And you stuff don't see it. Terrifying. I mean, I consider myself a pretty with it person who had a decent pulse on the vibe of my classroom. But yeah. there was bullying there that I did not see. And could not see because I don't follow these. Like I don't connect. Of course not. Not connecting with. And you don't see their direct messages either. No. So even if you did follow yeah, them, exactly. you wouldn't know. Right. Yeah. So and I, but I know for a fact that there was bullying happening in so in that bad. classroom. Right. It's so like the thought so of that just hurts my heart. Like yeah. thinking of my nephews, you know, growing up in that, and just thinking, oh my god, yeah. like I just. Yeah. I, like I have a 10 year old nephew right now and he's very confident and I, he's going into junior high this year. And I'm like, I don't, my first thought as a cynic, yeah, is yeah. I don't want any of those kids to beat that confidence down. It just yeah. breaks my heart to think about it. I know. Man. It's wild. I told you we were going to get off topic. <laughs> it's all good. We're talking about emotional this is intelligence good. This and is good. This junior perfect. high and bullying. Yeah. Um, Hey, thank you so much. This has yeah. been an awesome chat. I'm so glad to connect with you. Connection is like the whole point of this podcast is either reconnecting with folks or connecting with people I haven't yet. And absolutely, so thank you very much. it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm really happy that we were able to get together. Awesome. And I am a bit distraught at the nature of what brought us together. Same. But I, I think that Mike, if he's able to, is smiling down upon this conversation. Yes. And that he's happy that he could, you know, reintroduce old friends in the end, which... Agreed. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you. Thanks again to my dear friend, Mike, for joining me. And thanks for coming back after my month-long break and tuning in. Until next week.